1: and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenki, Podbean's Head of Events. Today's episode is an interview with Chris O'Keefe from Jar Audio. Jar Audio is a full-service branded podcast agency that creates branded podcasts for brands such as Lush, Royal Bank of Canada, Lululemon, and more. In this conversation, we'll discuss what goes into some of the top branded podcasts, the market research, the production, the content strategy, and so much more. Stay tuned. And here we go. Hi, Chris. How's it going? No, Jean, Thank you so much for
0: having us. Well, me, uh, Jar Audio. <laughs> we are so excited.
1: By- <laughs> We're so excited that you're here. We're so excited that Jar Audio is here with you. Um, so before we jump in, tell us a little bit about Jar Audio, the work you guys do, and how you got started in podcasting, because everybody's journey is a little bit different.
0: Sure. So Jar Audio is a full-service branded podcast agency, uh, which means that we work with brands to build them custom branded podcasts. And we start at the very beginning with strategy. We go through uh, the, the creation of the show, building the show, the treatments, uh, hiring, the, uh, hiring the hosts, booking the guests, writing the scripts, working very closely with, with the brands to make sure that we're you know getting the things done that we're trying to get done, uh, that they're trying to get done as a brand uh, strategically and serving you know, their comms goals and, and all that stuff and their audience goals. And then we have, after we produce the stuff, we have a, a full marketing team that then launches it and promotes it and reports on it. Um, so it's, it's, it's a traditional agency model, if anyone's familiar with, you know, just any sort of like traditional full-service agency, except instead of making uh, creative campaigns or websites or, or commercials, we make podcasts.
1: Amazing. So it's really an A to Z kind of company Fantastic, um, and how did you get started in podcasting? Because I think it's something where so many people jump into the industry, and everybody has a bit of a different path.
0: Yeah, for for me, uh, a big entry point. I had dabbled in audio before, but at, at the core of everything I do, I'm a writer, and I, my writing partner and I, going way back to 2017, we we had done a, a number of interesting creative projects. We had done a pitch for Marvel, for example, and we had done these things and. Often they would fall into like teleplay, screenplay land. And with that stuff, you end up bumping up against gatekeepers sometimes, right? You're trying to get a, a huge budget greenlit, or you're trying to get production partners or whatnot. So in 2018, we decided what our big creative project was going to be for the year. We landed on audio drama. We wanted to do a podcast, largely because it was attainable. We we thought if if you know if we can make something good there, then we can control the publishing conditions and we won't need permission from a gatekeeper or or a large publishing house. And so that was one of the things that we wanted to do. We wanted to work in audio. Another thing that we wanted to do as collaborative people is we wanted to work with a a lot of other folks in the industry, but we didn't have a budget. So we created a project called podcation, where the value proposition was, if you come spend a weekend with us, we are going to write, record, perform, and release an original audio drama. Um, And people really responded well. I think folks are very conscious not to get stuck in like a production limbo of something, right? Because sometimes things take 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, or, or maybe it never comes out at all. And so we had proven this sort of project-based learning workflow, uh, geeky methodology that was like, if, if we have all these hours, we can, we can produce you know, a month's worth of work in a, in a weekend. People bought into it, and so we got all these industry folks from Vox and the Ringer and Gimlet and at the time in, in 2018 to come spend a weekend with us, and we, we were able to do it. Um, from there, I, I helped uh, launch and develop a show called Disgrace Land, number one music podcast in the world. Um, and along the way, I've worked on uh, a number of things uh, in and out of the audio drama space, some creative nonfiction. Um, And then some branded stuff as well. So I've, I've, I've dabbled in a lot of, a lot of different things along the way, but I, I, I can definitely say I'm an audio professional and an industry veteran at this point.
1: Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, with podcasting, because, you know, the medium is so new in relation to radio, television, all those other things, a lot of skills that you previously used differently are transferable and so you are really able to apply them to podcasting audio scripted fiction which is so much fun and then also to use those talents for brands and to really help brands tell their stories so you know it, it it's pretty cool and podcasting really sounds like a you know a vacation a production summer camp you know in an incubator so that must have been such a fun experience um so let's talk a little bit more about about branded podcasting how does how does branded content differentiate from a hard sell and how do storytelling and sales naturally go together with the work that you do?
0: Yeah, great question. So in addition to having that while I was building this career in podcasting, I had had a, a parallel career that started off in copywriting in the agency world and then moved into more strategy and creative direction and really landed in content strategy and content marketing. Um, so I've, Got a demonstrated history of really believing in, in value driven content, really um, going for telling, not selling, building relationships over the long term. You know, content marketing and, and a good content strategy is no replacement for traditional paid, earned, and owned marketing. You need to have a robust mix of, of, of marketing approaches for sure. But storytelling is something completely different. If you can get an audience, and you can get them to trust you and you can give them things that they want. And this goes beyond audio. It, it, it fits in audio storytelling, but it, it, if you can give them utility, you know, I always think of the the Glassdoor salary guide is like one of the gold standards of, of content marketing, right? Like people want to know how much they're worth. And if you, and you know, they'll, they'll give you their information to for, for that utility. And then you've already started building a relationship with them. Um, So with, with storytelling, it's, it's the same thing, you know, if you can entertain or educate, if you can give folks a reason to tune in and not ask them for something, if, if you can, can, you know, continually deliver on that stuff without hitting them with the hard sell, you have an audience and that's different. That's different than a customer. Right. But with, with time, you can evolve some of that audience into customers and, um, it's getting easier and easier to tell the ROI story on that, right? It's not quite as easy as it is with like your SEM spend or something, which is always black and white, you know, spend X, get Y. Um, but th- as the tools are continuing to develop, it's getting easier to, to, uh, prove that, that ROI story, you know, seven years ago, it was very difficult to get anybody to wrap their head around w- content marketing. You know, what, what we're just going to do it. We're just going to make a zine or we're going to build a blog or we're going right. to do- write a, a educational video series, like we're trying to sell light bulbs or whatever. Um, and I think story, story driven audio is like a little bit behind that, right? Like it's, it's probably like three, like now everybody understands they need a content strategy and they need a chief content officer or, 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 you know, whatever it is like, it, like, it's just a, a, it's, it's a common thing that, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years ago wasn't. And now I think folks are really understanding that Oh, we need to we need to have a pod, You know, we need to have a podcast. We need to have a storytelling platform of some kind, uh, and not always just podcasts. You know, it can, it can be video. It can take different forms, um, but the battle is being the, the 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 sort of battle for understanding. I feel like we've hit an inflection point, and more people than not understand the value of audio storytelling. Yeah. Uh, and telling not audio story selling. Has anyone ever said that? Did I just make that up? Audio I think you audio,
1: made that up. That was pretty good. Audio storytelling,
0: not audio story selling.
1: Absolutely, and I PM. think it's something where you know, when you have a captive audience, there's a trust there, right? It's not, it's not an infomercial. You're saying, hey, you know, this is, this is like you said, you know, you're not asking anything from them. It's almost like a gift, right? And. And you do get something out of it, right? There is huge brand awareness. And, and this is why companies are moving more and more into branded podcasts because they're seeing results. But it's a long game, which we'll yes. talk about a little bit later. Um, But I want to talk about some specific examples. So can you share, because you guys have done some incredible work at Jar Audio. Tell us uh, some of the branded podcasts that you've worked on.
0: Yeah, so we've worked with with big brands such as Expedia and Amazon, T-Mobile, uh, Lush, the makeup company, um, which I always say, cause you know, I'm not a big makeup guy, but a lot of people <laughs> right. just know what I mean when, no, I, say they're pretty when big. I say, less. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and Amex, um, and then a lot of regional stuff too, like we're based out of Vancouver. So, so, you know, we work with also British Columbia Institute of Technology and the Port of Vancouver and, and mm-hmm. folks like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And can you give us, um, an example of maybe one of the shows that you've done that showcases a company's values in an entertaining way?
0: Yeah, so for RBC, for Royal Bank of Canada, we have a a show called Disruptors, which has really been a runaway hit. Um, And it's one of their SVPs, John Stackhouse uh, is the host. And we're we're able to really bring in thought leadership around um, their network, the RBC network, and the folks that they know. People that are transforming industries that are at a very, very high level, but we're not selling banking services, right? Or investment services or, or things like that. We're we're really just educating them and, and getting folks exposed to people that you that you other, you know, you otherwise wouldn't. Um, and and like it sounds so simple, but it, um, you know, if you can create something that people listen to on purpose. Um, then it you've won right, and yeah. I, I think disruptors is a is an absolute sterling example of that.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's something where you know, with disruptors, the idea there is that you know it's people who are disrupting an industry, right? Game changing almost in a lot of ways, and so people are gonna associate that with RBC. Yeah,
0: yeah. It you know, you would think sometimes an established a uh, financial institution might not want to embrace transformation or not want to embrace disruption. Um, but in this case, RBC is, is definitely putting their money where their mouth is and, and saying, yes, we, we, you know, guess what? Guess what great storytelling isn't? It's just talking about the way things are, right? The status quo. Um, there needs to be some sort of narrative thread. There needs to be some narrative tension whatever you're talking about, whether you're talking about FinTech or, uh, or hospitals or life sciences or paint, you still need to have some sort of narrative tension there. You can't just talk about the way things are. You need to, there needs to be a journey of discovery or a journey of energy transformation or, or financial markets evolving or, or something like that. You know, Otherwise people will not listen to it on purpose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of production folks and we're really into branded podcasting here at Podbean. So, um, I'm going to give a shout out to Annalise Nielsen from uh, Pacific because she once said that, you know, it's really about the halo effect, right. Yes. It's something where, you know, having a value that you want to associate with your brand and then focusing there. So when, when, when you and the team are building shows, you know, what are some of the things you look for in terms of identifying values and then, and then you know, bringing that, tying that in with the brand?
0: Well, it's different It's different for each industry and for each client. And sometimes it's not apparent. We do a lot of discovery. You know, we Mm. sit down at the beginning and we try not to have, I mean, it's impossible not to have any assumptions, but we try to really strip it down and not have assumptions about what we think this brand is about, or even what this industry is about. I think what we do with mobile diaries uh, for T-Mobile is a good example of that, right? I would have assumptions if you told me that, uh, you know, a major cellular carrier, mobile carrier is putting out a podcast, I would have assumptions about how boring that was going to be or how silly it was going to be right. Um, And instead our, you know, the hosts, Shauna, uh, Shawna Ryan, an amazing journalist, writer Jason Adams, they are interrogating stuff like our relationships with our devices and at what point isn't it healthy anymore. Right. The idea of, of mm. having um, sustainable relationships, not just, you know, there's this there's this war uh, for eyeballs and for uh, the attention economy and stuff like that. And you would think that a major telecom company would be using a platform like this to get more eyeballs somewhere or to or, or to get more more of that attention. Um, that every, you know, it's kind of the digital, uh, the, the oil of like the digital century is like people's, people's eyeballs and mind. Yeah. Attention. attention.
1: I love the way you phrase that in the attention economy. Yeah.
0: And, in, and instead, you know, it's, it's a lot of like really thoughtful thought leadership about how, what's the responsible way to, to use mm-hmm. our devices? How much is, is too much? When should we unplug you know, um, it's not it's not just facilitating you know more app downloads or you know more eyeballs on your screen and, and whatnot. So I think I think that's an example of when you do a healthy amount of inter- interrogation and and you don't make assumptions, you can actually find a thoughtful and elegant solution that is. you you know, like exploring topics that are, that are very much of today and aren't, aren't just trying to like send somebody a coupon code to get like the new iPhone or whatever.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think it's really interesting when you bring in the critical thinking aspect of it, right? Because if it's all positive or celebratory, you may not be able to connect on the value of trust. And so it sounds like it's really one of those things where if You know, for this particular example with T-Mobile, like you're talking about, instead of, you know, vying for attention, they're able to really build trust with an audience by saying, you know, this is what's going on and and how much do you actually need to spend on your device and what's not healthy. So I think in terms of, of instilling that trust in a brand, that's huge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. you, You can never get it back. You know, you really, you really can't. And I've seen it in every industry and in every medium. If, if you cross that line into advertorial or you cross that line into, Hey, we're going to leverage this goodwill that we, that we built with you. We're going to leverage it prematurely, or we're going to leverage it in an inappropriate way. Mm. You, 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 there's almost no, there's no amount of money that you can spend to get it back. Uh, right, and right. So we, and there
1: is a to be clear though, there is a time and place for that. <laughs> we're We're all for direct messaging, right and and there is so much to be said about podcast monetization, but that's a different conversation in terms of branded content. It's really about your relationship with the brand. yeah. and you and you don't want to violate that trust. it's 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 delicate in a way,
0: yeah, and don't get me wrong, like this is not this is not public media and and we work with a lot of journalists and we take a, a, a journalistic lens to this, but you need to have the the brand strategy and the comms goals and and the strategic goals overlaid with that and and in tension with that right you need to have your your voice whether it's a, a, a journalist or whoever your host is you need to have um, that uh, that that comms strategy like who what are we trying to communicate brand value wise in there. And then you also need to have that value. You need to have that that circle of of content marketing. And when those three things are working in concert, when there's a healthy tension between those, in the center of those three, you will have really good branded content that provides value for the brand, that provides value for the listener, and that also has like a true voice uh, that isn't that isn't just store bought that isn't just Siri you know that isn't just written by by AI you want to have I- insight in there so that your voice uh, whoever that voice is gets a chance to resonate as well
1: yeah absolutely that's such that's so well said um, and I think in terms of in terms of the narrative options I kind of want to talk about that because you have you know this big creative background both commercially and professionally with some of the work that you've done. From a more creative standpoint, um, so what are what are some narrative options that brands have? Right, you know, we've talked about values, we've talked about wanting to you know be clear in your message and and build that audience trust. Um, but what are some styles of branded podcasts that companies can explore?
0: Yeah, it's some different formats. Um, you know, you can you can do sort of the the traditional panel discussion or or you know one person interview interviewed. By, by a host, but even when, you know, when I say just, if you're doing it right, there's a there's a framework behind it. And yeah. and from episode to episode, you're giving folks a shape of a show and you're giving them, you're, you're allowing them to understand how to, to be oriented subconsciously or otherwise, as they're moving throughout the show. Okay, now we're up top. Now we're, okay, this is when the theme comes on. Now we're gonna do this, you know, this upfront clip. Um, I know that during the midpoint rebrand, that something's gonna, we're gonna go to a second guest after this. I know that the questions that they're asking this, this guest in this industry are still gonna be reflective of the show's values, because the show itself is, it needs to have values and voice and, and a strategy. And so when I say just you know, two people in a microphone, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot that goes into the sound design and the transitions, um, even in a solo interview or a panel discussion. There's there's what we call a hybrid, right? Which would which would have um, the the elements of a panel discussion or a solo interview, but w- we'll also have segments that are that have what we would call like a more rich sound design, right? A more um, Radio Lab kind of back and forth and journalistic kind of curiosity, and then throw back to the interview and, and go back um, to to you know the that that more like scripted section. Mm -hmm. um there's documentary right like like field documentary which which um tends to be a little more raw um there's there's i mean i think one of the gold standards of of branded podcasts is the message from ge and and i want to see more brands being that brave if if you're familiar with the message you know it's it's um just an audio drama that they created this beautiful sci-fi audio drama and they, they hired, you know, a brilliant playwright to, to write it and it doesn't try to sell you light bulbs or, or washing machines. It's just this great piece of art that, that had a lot of viral success because of it. And it just happens to be brought to you by GE. So I think the, you know, there's what we understand as like uh, branded podcast formats today, but we also want to, we also want to be pushing what it means to be you know, a branded podcast and, and trying more things like that and uh, encouraging bravery from the folks that we work with to say, like, how far can we take it? How can, we, can we just purely entertain and do, you know, what does that do for the halo effect? If you just give people things they love and they just, they just begin to trust you as, as, as a tastemaker uh, and as a storyteller. Um, even if that goes outside of your, of your industry or, or, or goes more into fiction, um, I think that we're going to see a lot more of that. And, and folks that bet on that are going to, are, you know, are going to see, are going to reap benefits of that. For yeah. Sure.
1: They're going to see the results. I think it's so interesting. And it kind of r- reminds me, you know, of how, you know, in early days of television, how entire shows were sponsored by a singular brand. Right. And so yeah. it's something where it's really interesting, right. You know? I, you know, in terms of of not the recycling, but just seeing those trends again, because podcasting is so achievable for brands. I mean, the cost is so much lower than television production. Um, it's something where, you know, brands can really be able to tell an entire story or sponsor an entire experience, which is really incredible as well.
0: It's really strange, right? Because I, you know, I grew up, uh, in the eighties and the nineties. And so like Nick at night was a thing then. So you could look at like old I love Lucy, you know, or
1: Yeah, totally. All,
0: uh, that that kind of stuff. And it was crazy because you would see, you know, the these folks would turn to the camera at a certain yes. point. You know, they'd be doing their scripted thing and then they'd turn to the camera and they'd say, you know, this is brought to you by Paul Malls or whatever. You know, and and let me tell you, like these are the only cigarettes I smoke when I'm like blah, blah, blah. Or they're talking right about back secret. when
1: back when so, cigarette advertising was legal. <laughs>
0: Yeah, or soap or Brillo pads or whatever it was. And it would seem, and I remember being like, this is so disingenuous because I I was growing up in a sitcom model where, you know, in a half hour show, they would break three or four times and then the brand would tell you about the brand. You know, right, they, it was they, brand they
1: would, led, right? Versus yeah, content a led, a, a for sure. A McDonald's
0: commercial or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. I can't imagine ever going back to that. And now it's, it's just, it's funny that that is the host read ad read is one of the dominant ways in which consumers are are put in contact with a brand you know if you're listening to smartless or you're listening to a, to a show you know they basically turn to the camera and they're like we want to tell you about brand x and this is my personal opinion on it and yeah. you know host yes, red are- ads
1: host read yeah. ads are getting so much traction right they they do better than um, ads that are read, you know, externally because people trust the host. So it is so interesting to see that, to see that carryover from, I mean, I keep saying, I keep thinking the 1950s, but I'm sure it's, it's, you know, decades prior or possibly after. Um, but it, it is really interesting and it's an exciting time for brands. I think to be able to tell stories specifically of their brand in, in an entertaining way, but then also, you know, as thought leaders, as tastemakers to, Share their brand values. I think it's such an exciting time, um, and and just to be clear, you know, a lot of branded content. When people think, oh, branded content, they think, you know, sponsorship, or they think, um, you know, of something that comes off as an infomercial. So it's it's something where you know, in in terms of how things are are changing within the industry, it's very quick and it's very exciting. Um, so in in the podcasting landscape. I want to ask you next, how can companies differentiate their brand story? Because there is, there is a lot of content out there that's branded podcasts or, um, you know, podcasts that are sponsored.
0: I, it doesn't have to be jar audio, but you should, you should find a partner in the industry, right? Like there needs to be a discovery period and you need to, you need to understand where the competitive and the narrative opportunities are. You can't, Create a show in a vacuum, and that even comes down to the ownability of the name, right? That's where it starts. That's like the most obvious thing, right? Oh, that oh, we called it this. We invested, uh, we invested in artwork, and the URL isn't available because it's a Swedish pod. You know, it's a Swedish podcast, or n- maybe not even a podcast. Maybe it's right. a YouTube influencer or something like that. Right. Um, so you need to have you need to have someone who understands the lay of the land who can help you. From your name to your, you know the value proposition and the point of view of the show to the opportunity, um, because if you're not if you're not first, you have to make sure you're at least best, right? You have to be better than than right. everything else. If you're gonna be in a category that's well trod, like you need to make sure that you're bringing something new, whether it's a new wrinkle or or uh, production quality or a better host or something like that. and and that really, the, it really comes down to like a proper discovery phase yeah. and you can't, you can't gloss over that. It's, it's, you know, every phase is incredibly important, but the decisions that you make when you are, when you are constructing a new show at the very beginning are among the most important because you, you might just be making a show that already exists. Um, And when it comes to the, to, to brands, understanding their story, um, that part, that part, you can't, you you absolutely can't take shortcuts on.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I love everything you're saying, but for everybody out there who, who may be listening, maybe they're with a brand or maybe they're an independent podcaster, what goes into that discovery phase? If you can just break it down and maybe give us some highlights.
0: Um, Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a number of foundational workshops, um, creative ideation, planning, we need to do a competitor analysis. We need to like look at our you know existing RSS feeds that are out there. We look at a lot of data mm-hmm. to, to understand what subjects are, you know, what subjects are being covered in what industries and where there are gaps. Um, the naming conventions of things, right? Is something is something ownable? Um, the art, you know, the artwork of, of something, you know, is 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 this is this already being done? Um, so it's a lot, there, you, you need a lot of support and we've got, a, it's, a, it's a combination of art and science for sure. Like we're backed by a lot of really good data on yeah. things. Um, but at the end of the day, you still have to turn that in, you know, you can't just, you can't just put all the data in and, and have it spit out at the end and say, Hey, we right. figured out your competitive opportunity. This is the name of, of your show. Once you understand the guardrails and you understand the opportunity, that's where the magic happens. And that's where the creative support happens. So there's, there's analytic and, de- and data support during that discovery phase. Um, and then there's how do we color within these lines to make you know, something razor sharp that can, that can really cut through all the noise because there's so much noise to your point that can really cut through and, and, and get to get to an audience. And it's not always a huge audience, right? Like, like some of these things are B2B and some of these things are, you know, I've, I've made podcasts that are really just for the C-suite and just the C-suite in a particular industry, you know, and that's, and, and like, that's a very, very important part of this, of the discovery phase too, right. Is, is like, Managing expectations and saying yes. like, what are, what are our what are our metrics of success, right? It, and it's it's not always millions of downloads. Sometimes it's hundreds of downloads. Sometimes it's an internal podcast, you know, that's that's meant to um, train employees or or give them a, a sense of company culture or or that kind of thing, or a, a you know a, a, a somewhat small subset of an industry, you know, um, so. Yeah. The, I get really excited about the discovery. No, thing, no, so. no. That's why we're here. We love
1: branded podcasts. Exactly. And it's so great to hear because I think, you know, from companies large and small across the spectrum, right. It's something where there is space for everyone in podcasting. Let's be clear. Um, and what you guys do is really big budget. You know, Like how can we make an impact? And, and that production value is there. And, you know, with podcasting with at pod being, you know, publicly you can, Start a podcast in five minutes from your phone. It's also, if you're a big brand, you know, and you want to put a lot into production, you can spend, you know, I want to say millions, right? In in terms of promotion as well. Maybe you're hiring actors, sound design, music, you know, there's all these different aspects. So it's definitely something where across the board, you know, there are so many different aspects, but from a big branded impact perspective, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think, you know, from a brand perspective, maybe even exploratorily or from a public podcaster perspective, it may not always be clear because you see these shows come out and you're like, oh, this is so great, you know, (laughs) but you don't understand, you know, maybe the market research that went into it or how much work even specifically went into the cover art, let alone, you know, the story arcs and the tone and the message that you want to get across. So I think it is really important. And you touched on something really. Uh, poignant about audience and expectations. So a lot of branded content isn't for everyone. And I think that's also something really important to bring into awareness when you're planning out the show, but also in terms of setting expectations of success and metrics of success. Because, you know, your audience may be really small, but it may be your exact target audience, right? Yes. So it's, it's definitely something where, you know, making sure that you're clear on who you're speaking to is such an important aspect of it. Um, with that being said, you know, what are some best practices to grow your audience in terms of branded podcasts?
0: Oh, geez. Maybe, maybe I can send uh, one of our brilliant marketing teams <laughs> to give you really, really thoughtful answers. You know, I'm, I've always been of the mind. I've always been on the product design yeah. side of things. Right. And, and that includes brand and, and each podcast that you create is its own brand. Yeah. And so from, from my standpoint, I would make the argument and have made the argument. And, and for, for, for many different companies that I've worked with, if they have $100,000 of an ad spend and they, and they come to me and they say, what, uh, you know, what kind of ad, you know, what kind of uh, paid advertisement should we, should we uh, spend this on? There's been more than, more than a few times that I've said, you should spend 50,000 of that fixing your brand, fixing your core product um and so when you ask me that question i i will always maintain that no matter what is happening down the line with your ad spend you will get better roi on every single dollar that you spend like significant sometimes twice sometimes three times as much if you concentrate on the product and in this case that's the branded podcast and that is absolutely the name the artwork the way that the thumbnail shows up when you're when you're looking in uh, the category in Apple categories, right? Like, are there already ten green, lime green podcasts that are in this, you know, small industry? Like, okay, let's let's differentiate at that level. Let's differentiate with um, the fonts that we use, with the, the with the show descriptions. With the um, with the guests that we're booking, so from from my perspective, and I, and I should you know I think you should talk to to our marketing folks too because they'll give you a completely different answer. Right? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. It, could, no, because- it's
1: interesting from a content perspective, and that's kind of why I asked you because you know what, we we talk about audience development all the time, but I think from a from a content first aspect, right? Knowing you know even just that little comparative analysis, and I'm sure this is like an example, right, of so many different ways that you look at this, right? at, you know, at how many other podcasts in your category have the same color, right? Like, have the same color artwork, right? I think a lot of those little things in terms of content, they're, they're almost subconscious, but they make such a big difference.
0: They do, they do. And, and I, you know, I think that was a big appeal for me joining JAR and joining a full service branded agency. Like I, have been in situations where you have to wear every hat at once. And you, as you're building the project, uh, uh, the the product, you have to be thinking about how you're marketing the product as well. And there should be partnership there for sure. Like you should have, you should have marketing in the room during, during certain decisions and they should have producers in the room during certain decisions and whatnot, but it's a lot to wrap your head around and, and being able to concentrate on The story, like truly concentrate on the story and say, if I was a listener, does this does this appeal to me? Am I gonna listen through to the next segment? Am I gonna subscribe? Am I going to listen to the next episode? And you you kind of have to be, you know, it's you you can only have one true love, one true priority when you're working on a project, right? And for the for for myself and our our producers, it goes, it's story first, hands down. That's it. And if you if we concentrate on that, it's gonna make the the marketing campaign more successful we're going to get better ROI on every marketing dollar spent. It's going to make their job easier. Uh, So I'm a big, I'm a big product person. I'm I'm always like, yeah, the best thing you can do to market your product is to make a better product, you know, and work work really hard on your product.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think also it's something where building that trust with the audience from a branded standpoint, right? You want to have that trust because it, it does translate to trust with your brand. <laughs> like that's, yes. that's what we want to be clear on, right? Trust with your audience from a branded uh, podcast perspective directly translates to trust with your brand. And that kind of goes back to ROI, right? Because, uh, you know, there, there is that direct model and, and we can also, you know, we're not going to talk about ads here today because, you know, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But in terms of companies seeing return on investment, they are seeing it. So, can you can you speak a little bit about what that looks like, and some of the expectations that are set for the scale of work that you guys do?
0: Sure. Uh, did you have a good time in Dallas at Podcast Movement? Yeah, <laughs> we, we were just down there. So we were. <laughs> so there's 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 the reason I ask is just to establish that we were, we were both down there. It was a it was a good time. It was, wasn't. It, it was so nice. I hadn't been to a major podcast event since 2019. Obviously, you know, yeah. 2020 last couple of years strange first of all it was so great just to see everybody and to see where they had moved you know this the, this person I knew from PRX is now at Descript and this person is now at American Public meet you know and, and yeah. you kind of see how everyone has like cross-pollinated and, and yep. it's so collegial and um very collaborative.
1: Diff- collaborative collaborative you know yeah.
0: there, there, there were multiple times where I I saw either I was in a position where I was chatting with someone who technically could be considered our competition or I saw people in in different companies that could be considered competition next to each other. And everyone was like really sharing the secrets and, and like, isn't it great? Like, what have you learned? Obviously not giving away company secrets but this sense of like, hey, we've been struggling with this thing. What do you think? What do you think about that? Um, and the, the the point is that's a long winded way of answering your question of, of saying like the 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 ROI story which has which is hazy compared to other um, investments that you can make right again that that SEM that paid social um, programmatic like you like it's very easy to see see what's happening video you know how the, how the industry is using video is another sort of hazy thing that everyone's trying to trying to figure out and it was so nice to be at. Podcast movement, and to see that this industry that we that we know and love, there are so many smart people and young companies and established companies making making investments in providing tools for things like how to solve the video situation um, that everybody that's in, increasingly in demand. And to your question, how to tell the RLI story to people. So we're very confident when we sit down with people. Uh, and it's different for each show and for, for each industry and for each ask, right, of, of that ROI. And that goes down to audiences as well, right? Because yeah. if, if we're creating content for 300 CEOs in this subset of fintech, that ROI story is very different than something like Disruptors, for example, which has a very broad appeal. Um, but we ha- we have, at this point, A really nice suite of tools and metrics that 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 can help clearly tell that story and there's and there's more on the way which i'm which i'm very excited about as you know at this point a grizzled content marketer who's been fighting this fight to try to get people to understand um, that that investment in in value-based storytelling and and, uh relationship-based storytelling is is worth it and has been worth it for a long time um it's it's becoming clearer and clearer and we're getting more and more tools every day to to tell that story. So
1: well, Chris, it's been such a pleasure. I have a couple of more questions. Um, sure. As you know, we move into 2023, what are the kind of, of brand stories you're excited to tell? I mean, in terms of telling the the values of brands within storytelling.
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. And it's important to us if you look at our website, you know, we we just put up a new website and we wanted it to be very content forward. And the first two carousels that you see are all different shows that we have, and the and the initial one is about industries, and so we you know we're talking about uh, if we're talking about finance or tech or, or travel, and then the very next one down is is today's conversation, uh, today's conversations, and that's about owning specific stories. It's not a luxury that brands have anymore. People are spending their dollars based on brand values more than ever. Yeah. And it's really cool to be working with folks that have a compass for that. We do want to work with uh, with brands that are brave. We do want to work with brands that are not scared to have a point of view on social issues, environmental issues, um, that like we're we're not backing away from stuff like that. and so I think I'm, I'm excited to work, to, to really lean into that more with, with brands that aren't scared to, to have a position, with brands that don't want to just play all the sides. Um, with, and it's not just about bravery, right? It's about market because right. I, spend, I spend my money that way. I, I assume you've Absolutely. made all, you know, all things being equal. I'm, I, I assume that you've gone for A instead of B because you saw something that A did or investment that they made or a statement that they made. Um, so I guess I'm excited for like, like things were, things were a little more, I don't know, um, middling in the 80s and 90s, you know, And, and I think, I think they started opening up when it, when it came to like Brands understanding that there's there's a uh, there's a market advantage and an audience advantage to actually putting your flag firmly into into certain things, right, or
1: having a standpoint on particular things, right, that resonate with your target market and audience, right. So maybe if you're um, an environmental um, proponent, right, you want to support the environment, but you know companies like. I, you know, I'm thinking like outdoor gear companies, obviously, you know, that's their market. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're looking at companies who want to have a stance on the environment, there are brands that directly fit that whose audiences care about having a statement or they care about a particular viewpoint.
0: I think Patagonia is a wonderful example. I was going to say that,
1: but I didn't want to say a particular brand. (laughs) I,
0: I specifically, it's not my aesthetic right? I, it's not been my, I'm like a city guy. I don't, I don't like camping. I like, you know, I don't, <laughs> I like to like be places with sidewalks and like, like, that's just my vibe. But Patagonia is one of my favorite brands uh, now because of that, because of, because of the stands that they've made because of obviously they just made a big splash Yeah. Um, with, the, with the owner basically giving away his, his fortune. I mean, that's, that's lovely. Like I probably still won't buy Patagonia.
1: But if you uh, had to buy a product that they make, you would buy it from them
0: or i would buy a gift certificate for someone that i know would want right,
1: right exactly I just,
0: I just wouldn't wear a fleece you know that's that's just me
1: <laughs> right um, but if somebody you knew wanted a fleece and you wanted to give them a fleece you would get it from patagonia because those values are being very clearly expressed
0: yeah and how cool is that that they're able to control the narrative Amazing. largely through paid largely through paid media right that's like yeah. a, that's like a really interesting a bit of magic to be able to, to truly project a brand narrative and values through, through earned and paid media. But like, they don't even need to do long form storytelling uh, because they're, they're that, they're that good at it. But yeah, like Christmas time, nieces and nephews, they'll be getting some Patagonia.
1: (laughs) Very cool. Well, Chris, it's been such a pleasure for, for brands out there that want to get started. um, You know, obviously we'll have the link to jar here in the uh, show notes for this episode, but do you have any general best practices?
0: work with someone
1: Okay. <laughs> like,
0: like it doesn't have to be again it doesn't have to be jar audio but this you know like work with work with experts who understand the space yeah because saving a few dollars is going to end up costing you a lot more than a few dollars if you right. if you if you jump into the pool uh incorrectly you know it's better to test test the waters with a guide and and someone who can help help understand yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that's hiring, right? Like there are different levels right. that you can pull to access that expertise. If that's bringing on someone internally, that's cool. You know, that was are- exactly
1: what I was going to say it for, for some of the work that you guys do with such an impact with these big brands, you know, that are really global fortune 500 companies. It's something where You know, having that knowledge base, whether you take the time to train your internal staff, which could take a very long time, you hire internally, you uh, work with an external production company, but there are experts out there who are going to be able to do this market research. who are going to help you successfully create this content, put it out into the market, market it efficiently, and help you share your brand values with huge, huge podcasting audiences. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And start exploration now, right? These are long conversations. This is not just buying you know, a thousand dollars worth of social ads, like this is an investment and it takes a while to strategize. And and if you're interested in learning more, start those explorations now, um, because it's going to, it's going to take a while to get to a point where you can really make a decision. So um, you can, you can obviously our website will be up there. My, my, uh, my email is chris at jar audio.com. If you want to talk directly about anything that we've spoken today or disagree with me, healthy disagreements. I love it. (laughs) We can chop it up. We can talk about it. Um, I I love it. I'm just so psyched to be having these conversations.
1: Same. Well, Chris, it's been such a pleasure. Um, I'd just like to ask you one last question. Where, in your opinion, do you believe the industry is headed for podcasting?
0: It's unfettered growth for at least the next half decade. Great. Sure. <laughs> and, and and ubiquity as well. You know, it's not a niche. It's not a niche thing anymore. Um, it's going to keep growing. It's going to become more ubiquitous and it's going to show up in weird places. You know, we think about the internet of things, you know, the, the idea that like there's TV screens on every gas pump and things like that. And where, where the internet of things are, we're going to see, you know, you probably see more podcasts on your Peloton and at at your gas pump. And, you know, in these random, in these random places that, that anywhere ears are, you'll, you'll start hearing narrative content for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, Chris O'Keefe from Jar Audio, it is such a pleasure. Thank you for joining us.
0: Norma thank you so much for having me. I hope I can come back someday.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting.